millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, August 31st. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... With the capital city's water system in dire straits, the governor issues a state of emergency. Then a federal court upheld Mississippi's disenfranchisement code. We hear from the group challenging the law, plus comedian Rita Brent on what it means to be a Mississippian. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. In the capital city, the week began with homes under threat of floodwaters. Now there's barely any coming out the tap. Went to um, our bathrooms, turned on every shower, no water came out. Little tiny drips of water coming out of the faucet. So I was like, that's not going to be good for me. So yeah, last time checked, no water pressure. Daniel Brown, or rather Danielle Brown, is a Bellhaven student and Jackson resident who, like many others in the capital city, found their homes without sufficient running water yesterday. This is on top of a month-long boil water order. The low water pressure is in part a result from the recent flooding of the Pearl River. Pressure dropped drastically on Monday at the Obi Curtis Water Treatment Plant when it began taking in large amounts of contaminated flood water It slowed production and allowed water reserves to drain. As a result, both the mayor and the governor have issued declarations of emergency. Yesterday, Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lumumba said he's excited to welcome the state to the table to find solutions to the city's continued water woes. The city of Jackson is grateful for the support that we now are receiving from the state. We've been going it alone for the better part of two years when it comes to the Jackson water crisis. I have said on multiple occasions that it's not a matter of if our system would fail, but a matter of when our system would fail. I have stood before you not only in terms of our local media, but national media, and shared that the city of Jackson, even when we're not under a boil water notice, even when we're not contending at that present moment with low pressure, that we are in a constant state of emergency. And so now we are excited to finally have and finally welcome the state to the table and all of the valuable resources that they bring. Yesterday, I had a very productive discussion 
with leadership from the Department of Health and leadership from MEMA. And we talked about creating an alliance that would tackle this challenge together. And I state that I'm grateful for this support because I firmly believe that the residents of Jackson are worthy of this support. The residents of Jackson are worthy of a dependable, sustainable, and equitable system. And that is why we welcome this support. Governor Tate Reeves was at the O.B. Curtis water treatment plant yesterday, flanked by a number of state officials. He says one way Mississippi will help is by renting a pump that will add millions more gallons of water per day to the system. He also acknowledged the need for greater assistance. I spoke with the mayor. I've also spoken uh, with uh, some of those in the federal uh, government as well. Uh, as you know, uh, the city of Jackson issued their emergency declaration uh, late yesterday. Uh, the State Department of Health issued their emergency declaration early this morning, not long after that, in coordination with both uh, the city and uh, the State Department of Health. I issued a state of emergency for the state um, sometime before lunch. And here, literally within the last couple of hours, uh, we have sent um, the emergency declaration to the federal government asking uh, the president and FEMA to declare this a federal emergency as well. Last night, President Biden approved the federal emergency declaration request. In a statement on social media, Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre said the White House is committed to helping the people of Jackson and the state of Mississippi during this urgent time of need. Until the plant can become fully operational, the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency and the city of Jackson are coordinating water distribution sites. MEMA Director Stephen McCraney. The National Guard is now mobilized. I've met with them this morning. Their teams are out on the ground assessing all of the sites that they're going to be running uh, throughout the city. We look like we're going to have, be able to augment the city's uh, current distribution system. We have 10 tractor-trailer loads of water coming in today. And uh, over the next uh, days, we're going to have over 108,000, I mean, 108 semi-trucks of uh, waters coming in. So uh, if you look at how much we're going to be able to put out uh, starting Thursday at 12 o'clock, we're still working out the logistics of some of those locations. That will come out later. But out of those seven, uh, we call them a mega distribution sites, uh, we're going to put down 36 truckloads of water a day. We'll be out there for the public to be able to come and get. It's unknown at this time how long it will take to get the water treatment plant back to full capacity, but officials say their first priority is restoring water pressure. Then they'll focus on getting that water safe to drink. Coming up, a federal court upheld Mississippi's disenfranchisement code. We hear from the group challenging the law. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. 
A case centered on Mississippi's disenfranchising laws could be going to the Supreme Court. Mississippi Center for Justice argued in federal appeal court that authors of the state's 1890 Constitution showed racist intent in setting the felonies that end the right to vote by choosing crimes they thought were more likely to be committed be committed by black people. But the majority of the Fifth Circuit Court agree with the state attorneys that Mississippi cured any discriminatory taint decades ago by broadening the list of disenfranchising crimes. Vangela Wade is president and chief executive officer of Mississippi Center for Justice. She tells us about the history of disenfranchisement and what's next for the case. Originally in 1890, when this constitutional provision was put into place, there were certain crimes or offenses that the framers of the Constitution uh, believed to be or associated with black people uh, and said that these were crimes that they were more likely to commit. And if they committed these crimes and were convicted of these crimes, then, of course, they would lose their right to vote, which was the basis of even creating this this provision in the Constitution, and that is, is, is replete throughout language associated with the, uh, with, with the Constitution from those that were involved, including, you know, uh, then at that time, you know, uh, uh, representatives and eventually, you know, the, the governor and so on and so forth. Those crimes would be, at the time, in 1890, burglary, theft, arson, obtaining money under false pretenses, um, embezzlement, bigamy, forgery, perjury, uh, arson. Uh, eventually, burglary was removed, but those, those offenses were originally set in place in that Section 241 of the Constitution because they were associated with blacks. The language says that basically uh, these are feudal uh, few offenses to which blacks were thought to be prone, uh, not the violent crimes like murder or rape, uh, but these offenses that were basically said to be underhanded or covert or secretive. Those were, and those are the crimes uh, that we are saying should not uh, be uh, used to disenfranchise a person. Uh, specifically because they were set forth in the Constitution for discriminatory purposes. If you commit one of those crimes, then even after you have served your time, you cannot vote for the rest of your life. Exactly. Why would this be discriminatory, even though they meant it for that purpose? Wouldn't this apply to anyone across the board, regardless of race or ethnicity? Yes, that's correct. And, you know, and for some, that's why it's hard to understand why we have an issue, why we're bringing this issue. But, you know, everyone, it, the, the purpose, the intent was as it was set forth in, in you know, when these, when this provision of the, when the 1890 Constitution was, put, was framed, it was purposefully for the intent of removing uh, the newly you know, acquired rights to participate in the voting process uh, from, from blacks. Uh, and that intent, as we see it, uh, has not been, uh, re- you know, re- reframed or, or suspended or no additional actions taken by the state 
has uh, has no additional actions have been made to correct that or to set that on the right course. In the ruling, what was the argument to leave it the way it is? The, well, in the argument to, to on the state side, basically that because the the Section 241 of the 1890 Constitution, again, which is the Constitution that we are, you know, that that uh, governs Mississippi, uh, because there were changes made in 1950 to remove burglary as one of the crimes, one of the original crimes, and in 1968 to add rape and murder, uh, that there was uh, – a change or a, a, a um, uh, amendment uh, to to the Constitution, uh, but that we argued that, yes, there may have been an amendment to the Constitution by removing burglary or adding the um, rape and murder, but it still did not address, it didn't give the people uh, a, a, a chance to address uh, those original crimes that were set for purposefully to disenfranchise uh, black people. And when I say didn't give people the opportunity, the voters the opportunity, because, you know, whenever there's a, an amendment or change to the Constitution, that requires the the uh, electorate or, the, or people to vote on those, um, uh, on amendment or change of the Constitution, just like with, with the flag. Um, however, when... In 1950 and in 1968, when those changes were made, even through a vote, it was only to make those specific specific changes to either to remove burglary in 1950 and to add rape and murder in 1968. It did not address, did not allow the voters to address whether or not to make any changes in those original original crimes that were set forth as black crimes. Would you like to see a statewide referendum on this? Absolutely. I would like to see any I would like to see changes made or or the opportunity for people to vote on that uh, to make the changes to let's take away this taint of racism uh, that is harbored within our constitution. What's the next step, if there is one, for this case in your estimation? Well, we're certainly looking at uh, next steps, you know, and considering all that may be at hand, including, uh, you know, including possible um, uh, seeking re- re- uh, seeking recourse or address in the United States Supreme Court. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that needs to be highlighted about this lawsuit? Well, I would say, um, you know, for us, as we look at this issue and why it's important, you know, I want people to understand that, you know, we estimate that there are around 50,000 people in Mississippi who cannot vote because of convictions of this list of crimes that were specifically adopted to disenfranchise black voters. And while certainly that is a, a, uh, you know, our focus in this particular lawsuit, because it is about you know, it is ultimately about this, about purposefully, intentionally seeking to exclude uh, a population of people out of the, uh, out of the civic process. But it also uh, 
also extends to any person now who's committed these crimes, that you're automatically, uh, once you're convicted of these crimes, your right to vote is taken away. And so I think while it is certainly an issue to do with race and discrimination as it is, as it was formed, set forth in our Constitution, and we should not have to live under a Constitution that, it, that whose its purpose was created, many of its provisions created for discriminatory purposes, but also people who, you know, whether it's, you know, any other race of people uh, who would have their rights taken away for commission under these particular crimes, uh, they should be concerned about this as well. And especially after they served their time and, you know, paid whatever uh, recourse the course that the court has uh, ordered, uh, then they should have the opportunity uh, to participate in, in the voting process. Vangela Wade, President and CEO of the Mississippi Center for Justice, thank you for speaking with us about this case. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Coming up, comedian Rita Brennan, what it means to be a Mississippian. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think, eh, maybe I'll try it myself. Some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Rita Brent is coming home. The Jackson native is kicking off a national tour here next month. In part two of our conversation, we explore how her coming of age in Mississippi informs her comedy. I don't want to ignore the truths of our state. And the truth is we have some conflict. We have some political conflict. We have some racial conflict in the state. I cannot just ignore that. So I'm going to address that in my comedy. But at the same time, we are making progress. You know, now one of the most jarring things that ever happened in relation to Mississippi, I was performing in Nigeria, Africa. 2019 was right before the pandemic. It was March, some some time before then. And I met someone from Africa and he didn't speak very much English, but he asked where I was from. I said, Mississippi. And he said, oh, white supremacy. That was his response. Oh, white supremacy. When I just said the word Mississippi and it was jarring. I was like, oh, my God, even in Africa, that's the narrative in Africa. And so I said, "Okay, all right. What can I do as an artist to change this narrative? So when I meet people and I'm met with negativity, I get to talking about heroes in Mississippi. Well, have you heard about Flonzie Brown Wright? Have you heard of Merle Evers? Flonzie Brown Wright, the first election commissioner Uh, in Canton. Canton. Yes. You know, have you heard of Fannie Lou Hamer and the things that she did? I just started rattling off names, people that you need to know who have contributed to the progress and the betterment of Mississippi. Because people know what they see in the news, but they don't know the history. They don't know where we how far we've come. And so in my comedy, you know, it's it's not silly stuff. I'm I'm talking about some deep stuff sometimes, You you know. And I just want people to know that I am from Mississippi. I'm a product product of Mississippi. We are imperfect. 
but we are on the up and up, you know. So when you go outside of the state, do you tell jokes about Mississippi? Yes, but in Mississippi's favor. I don't I don't tell jokes that badmouth my state, you know, because I have one joke, and it's true. I have a joke about one time I was in the Uber at, at in New York, and my driver said, where are you from? I said, I'm from Mississippi. And he goes, huh, I thought y'all sounded a little differently down there. I said, oh, my bad. I's from Mississippi. Uh-huh. I's kind, <laughs> smart, and important. Oh, yeah, that's no. how they think we talk. And it got real awkward in there, you know. Really? And, and in the joke, I say I paid him in cotton balls and I got out of the car, you know. So I tell little jokes like, like that. It's not at Mississippi's expense. So when I tell material, it is in a way to just make fun of the topic in general, all right? Because some things, it has nothing to do with just Mississippi. All states experience things. All states have potholes. So y'all are not righteous. That's what it is. Everybody thinks they're so much better than Mississippi. You know, y'all stuff is just not on display as much. What's your goal? What's Mm. the end goal? Sentimentally, the end goal is just to bring joy to people. That's it. And that brings joy to me because folks are going through a lot. If you see on social media, folks are posting all kinds of stuff. It's heartache, breakups, more business. I'm seeing more people's business than I would like. But one thing that is common is suffering. And so for me, with my comedy, with my music, I just want to reduce people's suffering. If you come see me for an hour or two, whatever you're dealing with, you'll be able to escape from that for at least two hours. And then it may be able to take you to a different place. Like, oh, okay, maybe there's something creatively that I have not explored that I should be doing. If Rita can get up there and tell jokes and sing her songs, maybe there's a song in my heart that I have not sang yet. So I just want to inject joy into the community, be humble while doing so, and just spread love. That's my goal. You know, making money while doing it, of course. But ultimately, I just want to spread love and joy through my gifts. Do you want to be a household name? Sure, sure, sure. In the houses that welcome me, because sometimes you're a household name for the wrong reasons. (laughs) So in the homes that welcome me, yeah. If you would invite me to your home to sit and have dinner, I would like to be a household name. in terms of fame and notoriety. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that, being a household name, but for the right reasons. That's it. Because it's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff coming at me on social media, you know. Everybody doesn't like everything that I produce. Don't a lot of people not in entertainment not read a lot of that stuff because yeah. it is negative? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to for your mental health. And when I see a comment, I can tell from the first two, two words where it's going. And I'll just immediately delete it and I'll immediately block. I don't internalize anything. I used to. I'm nine years into comedy now. And when I first started, social media was popping, but it wasn't popping, popping like it is now with all the comments and how nasty people can get, all the arguing. I used to go back and forth with people about politics and racial issues, and then I noticed that I was just kind of angry. You know, I would wake up thirsting for an argument. And I said, you know what, that's not how I want to navigate my life, being upset with strangers. Ultimately, people are strangers that you're arguing with. And it's just not safe to have unknown enemies. <laughs> it's not. In 2022, I travel a lot. Sometimes I'm alone. It's not safe to have unknown enemies. So I avoid conflict and arguments as much as I can. I just block people. And then they'll wake up the next day. They don't have access to me. And they'll be surprised. But I'm, I'm happy. Well, Rita Brent. The Return, 
She'll be in Jackson performing at Dueling Hall September 17th, 7 p.m. You got two shows, 7 p.m. and 9.30. Yes, yes. The 7 p.m. is about 70% sold out. So if that's one that you want to get to, that early show, you should go ahead and get those tickets now. And the 9.30, I kind of created that one because Grambling and Jackson State play that Saturday. That's Jackson State's first home game that Saturday night. So you did your research. Yes, that 9.17. And I graduated from Jackson State. I know I have a lot of fans from Jackson State. So after the game, you can go freshen up, maybe get you something to eat, and then come to the 9.30 show. So we're, we're kind of pushing that one as the post-game after-party show type thing. But you can get tickets on Ticketmaster. And once again, it's going to be a lineup full of amazing entertainment. John Uzodenma, DJ Mr. Adams, Merck B. Williams, Nardo Blackman, and I am bringing my friend Onika McLean from New York. She's never been to Mississippi. She's a comedian, and she's going to be great, and I think the crowds are going to love her. And also you are featuring some <laughs> comedians from Mississippi. Yes, Nardo Blackman and Merck B. Williams are from Mississippi, and they have been on the Born Funny Tour with me. And this show is much different than the shows I've been doing in other cities. I have not played music on stage on these other other shows. I've not had a live band. But this show, I'm going all out because this is my hometown. So this one is, is special. It's different. And I think folks are going to enjoy it. All right. Comedian Rita Brent. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.